This Week in South Baltimore. Brought to you by SouthBmore.com. So what's going on, friends and neighbors and fellow residents of South Baltimore? I'm Nate Carper here with Kevin Lynch of SouthBmore.com. And welcome to another episode of This Week in South Baltimore. But uh, before we get started, Kev, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. Happy to be back on the podcast. Love that the uh, the sun is warming up our little city a little bit more each day. So the spring feels like it's coming upon us. See more outdoor dining, more time at parks. The uh, the rec sports are starting back up. So it's uh, definitely an exciting time. And I feel like... Uh, Feel like more people are getting vaccinated, which is good for us. It's good for businesses. It's good for the city. It's good for the world. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty, feeling pretty good. Me too. Right? It's coming at a good time. Spring is is literally coming at a good time. So hopefully, uh, you know, I see it too. When we're we're out walking around the neighborhood, it's awesome. I love that. You know, those few warm days like a week or so ago. Yeah, everybody's out and about and just immediately taking to the streets and the outdoor dining and and everything. So that's really cool. But um. Kev, I want to remind everybody here to make sure that uh, you're currently listening to this podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And more importantly, make sure you check out southbmore.com and subscribe to the daily newsletter. And make sure you, uh, you know, bookmark the uh, website southbmore.com so you can get all your news around here in South Baltimore. Kev, I know we're going to get started here with some real estate news and we got some dining updates. It seems like, oh my goodness, it just seems like there's so much going on. I mean, we could... We could talk for like two or three hours. I know we don't have that kind of time, but uh, let's try to do a rundown and let everybody know what the heck is going on around South Bmore. Yeah, for sure. Certainly the uh, the business and real estate world has stayed really busy lately, which which is awesome considering how the last 12 months has really affected everybody and the economy. But it appears that Baltimore, especially South Baltimore, has some nice momentum. And I think, uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking at Baltimore as a less expensive alternative to some of these more expensive kind of more glamorous cities for certain sectors of the economy. So I think I think Baltimore's uh in a good position here and obviously you see the the construction crews out there, you see the investment dollars going around. I, I think a lot of people believe that and 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 really one of the biggest projects in America is the Port Covington development. And certainly we've been talking about that for over 5 years at this point, but now it's like really real because you have uh, pilings coming out of the ground. There's officially vertical construction going on. Buildings are officially under construction. It's not just infrastructure anymore. So that really gets concrete, no pun intended, uh, for uh, for many people where this is really uh, on its way to be in a place that you'll, uh, you might hang out. Maybe, you know, you could live there. You could set up your office there. Obviously, there's a a few things there already with uh, Sagamore Spirit and Rye Street Tavern and Nick's Fish House and West Covington Park. Um, but now, it, you know, it's on pace for in a couple of years, it could be a place where you could do all kinds of things. So this first phase of, of vertical developments officially going on, there's going to be 440,000 square feet of office space, 586,000 square feet of residential units. That's 537 total housing units. Some of those will be affordable housing units. Then it's going to have 116,000 square feet of retail included in that is going to be the Rye Street Market, which is going to be kind of like a cross street market type, you know, environment, obviously a newer version. So obviously it's going to be a mix of uh, they're hoping to get a grocery store in there, not in Rye Street Market, but in a different building. 
Uh, there's going to be, you know, uh, market type vendors and you're going to have uh, stores in the storefronts. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a mixed use development that's going on and uh, it's starting to move uh, move quickly. If you, you know, take that uh, key highway exit off 95 or if you're just going straight over 95, you can see it. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of vehicles and a whole lot of cranes and a whole lot of people at that site. And it's definitely a it's definitely a, a vibrant uh, construction site right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I took a look at the uh, renderings, was it last night or yesterday, when I believe you published on southpeople.com, right? The uh, renderings of what it potentially will look like, and it kind of has the virtual reality look at it, and it, it just looks awesome. Can't can't believe that's going to be like a, a whole other city down there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, the first year I had southbeaver.com, I wrote an article, Port Covington, What Went Wrong? And if you remember back then, it was it was just a, a mind boggling <laughs> situation because you had that shopping center that had the Walmart. It once had a Sam's Club and then it just had a bunch of grass lots that were supposed to be parking lots, were supposed to be pad sites for big box stores. And it just got stopped in its tracks. You know, it seemed like it was a, a bad storm of uh, not getting the highway exits they wanted, not getting the signage they wanted, not getting uh gambling legalized in maryland by the time that development was getting going almost 20 years ago so really it was it was a mind-boggling site where you have this waterfront peninsula right next to you know the emerging rest of the south baltimore peninsula it just wasn't moving forward you had the baltimore sun facility that they wanted to develop that more they never did you had a project on the water by struver brothers eckless and rouse that was supposed to be a, a big time mixed-use development that never happened uh, under armor made a play to go to west covington they were calling it which is everything west of hanover street i guess that was i don't know eight to ten years ago that didn't quite get pulled off when some of the existing businesses there caught wind of it so yeah it's uh, really it's finally having its day you know, Kevin Plank re- leads Sagamore Ventures, which is behind this big development. So they were able to get a hold of, you know, the Baltimore Sun property, the old shopping center property. At that point, you have, you know, 100 acres and and then you start acquiring some other properties where now it's really a chance to build a whole new neighborhood, maybe a smaller version of a downtown. And so, yeah, very exciting. And certainly uh, Sagamore Ventures, big partners on that are Weller Development and Goldman Sachs Urban Investment Group. So yeah, a, a big team there. They, they've They've got financing lined up. They've got opportunity zones, funds lined up. They have the tax increment financing bonds, which uh, was a process that went through Baltimore City. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of money and uh, it's going forward. And uh, you know maybe people finally get that Trader Joe's or Target that everybody wants so badly. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Uh, a, another project going on is uh, Public Storage, which is a, a storage company. They currently have a facility on Warner Street and Russell Street at 415 Russell Street. And that's the one property on Warner Street, which has not been acquired by the Horseshoe Casino Baltimore ownership group of Seaback. Seaback has acquired every other property. They're putting in a Top Golf. They're putting in a Paramount Baltimore music venue. There's going to be some other entertainment focused developments going on there. They're going to renovate the park behind the Horseshoe Casino garage. That's part of the Gwynn's Falls Trail. So what I noticed recently is across the street at 1500 Ridgely Street, there was a a storage project going up that was initially supposed to be beyond self-storage. So I drove past there a few weeks ago, and now I see it's going to be a public storage. So immediately my thought is, hmm, public storage is putting a public storage across from a public storage. No tongue twister there. Is this possibly going to be a replacement for the public storage at Fort 15 Russell? So maybe the casino group could could finally get that property, which they have eyed, and maybe uh, develop it. But no, it appears that um, this was just a move of acquiring some projects from beyond self-storage that public storage did. They had this project here in the Carroll Camden industrial area. 
another project in Woodlawn. So, you know, it just seems like uh, public storage. And what they said is they are uh, adding more units and uh, more accessibility to South Baltimore. So for now, it's going to be another public storage facility and it's going up. It's going to be five stories, 940 units of storage. So, uh, you know, there's a growing number of uh, storage projects in Baltimore and this, this certainly joins them. And then another interesting uh, story here is the Bard Building, which was part of the uh, Baltimore City Community College there, right next to Power Plant Live downtown. So that's an old defunct building that's, that's been vacant for at least a handful of years. And it's kind of, um, I guess a lot of architects wouldn't be in love with a building like that. It was kind of in a uh, funky, brutalist stage. Uh, interesting design there. So BCCC has always wanted to uh, partner with a developer to, uh, to redevelop that. Uh, they had a, an MOU with Cordish Companies, uh, David Cordish's company, uh, to build a, a very large skyscraper. It would have been one of the tallest, if not the tallest, buildings in Baltimore. Uh, that deal fell through. So uh, recently, BCCC put out a uh, request of interest to see who would want to partner with them to demolish this building and then turn it into a parking lot. And they would use the income from the parking lot to pay for demolition. And uh, certainly people that are city planners or big fans of architecture or just the urban experience. We're, we're not happy about learning of the potential for another parking lot right in the heart of downtown. Senate president and also representative from this district, District 46 Senator Bill Ferguson, caught wind of this and wanted to make sure the state could step in and prevent this from becoming another parking lot. So he really encouraged Governor Hogan to add $7.4 million in the supplemental Maryland budget to uh, pay for the raising of this building and that block. So it appears that Hogan agreed to this. It's in the budget. So it appears that the direction will go that the, the state will contribute money to raise it and they will put in a temporary green space or potentially a permanent green space that will go in until they can figure out you know the best direction for this um, this lot. But if you've kind of followed Baltimore real estate, a lot of times when something becomes a parking lot, it's not temporary. You know, you look at 414 Light Street that went up uh, obviously on the 400 block of Light Street, right at the Inner Harbor in Otterbein. Uh, that was an old McCormick building. It was supposed to be a temporary parking lot. I believe that parking lot was there for several decades. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see what direction that goes. But an interesting uh, change of direction. It went from a skyscraper, then it was going to be a parking lot. Now it's probably going to be a green space. And uh, who knows, maybe this whole effort will bring another developer in that will maybe want to build one of the tallest buildings in Baltimore. So uh, we will follow that, but certainly an interesting uh, change of direction there. And uh, if if you're not hiding under a rock, I guess, I guess everybody notices that the Domino Sugar sign is, is currently gone. And uh, that, that story leads us in many different directions. But for starters, uh, Domino Sugar is replacing this sign with a more modern LED version. They're updating the metal letters that, that hold that what will be LED lighting. It was previously neon and uh, you know, getting uh, neon benders in there to constantly fix that light was becoming a challenge. This is going to be uh, way more energy efficient. And you know, th this is a big sign. I think the D is about 30 feet tall. The other letters are about 20 feet tall. So they began taking apart this sign. And it just so happened going into a weekend, they took every letter down, but no. And of course, uh, we are in the era of gifts and memes. So of course, uh, Baltimore and some even outside of Baltimore had fun with this. A lot of fun memes, uh, some pro Brandon Scott memes, some anti Brandon Scott memes, and certainly a lot of uh, people memeing it up. Uh, should you, you know, stuff like, should you ever get crabs outside of Baltimore? No, you know, uh, you know, are the Orioles going to be good? No, in that case, I hope that's wrong. Um, but yeah, so certainly a lot of people had fun with that as, as no was 
left up there. And now there's no letters up there. And that, that's uh, getting replaced. Cool story. It's being done by Gable, which is a company based right at the uh, line of Curtis Bay in Pasadena down there, a, a local company. I know uh, a few of their employees live in Federal Hill. So a local company doing the sign. They do a lot of cool work. So that sign is getting replaced. And now you have those old letters from the sign. Uh, what to do with those? So Domino Sugar decided to donate the majority of them to Second Chance Inc., which is a really cool salvage warehouse uh, there uh, right along Russell Street uh, in Carroll Camden Industrial Area. They're a cool business where not only do they uh, demolish and uh, take apart buildings and structures, but they also, their mission is not only a second chance for building materials, but a second chance on uh, people as well. So they, they like to bring in people with criminal records and people that need a, a second chance in life and have them working to give architectural materials a second chance as well. So those um, letters are going to second chance and there's going to be a lot of truck trips, which will happen to get those 20 foot letters from Domino Sugar over, I think it's about 1.6 to 1.8 miles over to second chance and uh, second chance is going to figure some things out, but they will start offering those letters for sale. And, uh, you know, they're hoping they'll find, you know, if somebody's business starts with an M. You can- I was just thinking that too. Um, I was thinking like on top on my roof deck up here, I was, could I fit the D or could we fit the O up there? <laughs> I don't know. That would be pretty cool to at least have the O right yeah. <laughs> for the, for the games. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. And, uh, it'll be exciting to, uh, track those. It's almost like, uh, you know, you know, unfortunately when somebody, uh, dies in an accident and you kind of can see where their, their organs live on, we'll be able to see where those letters of, uh, the domino sign go to, to live a second life. So it'll be interesting to see where those goes. You know, I, I imagine there's a good chance. A lot of those will, will leave Baltimore. Some of them will stay, but I'm, it'll definitely be cool. And I'm sure it won't be uh, cheap to buy them nor to uh, integrate them into a sign. And obviously not a lot of business businesses have room for a 20 foot sign. That's a two story building. It'll be interesting to follow that. And then the dot from the eye is going to Baltimore Museum of Industry to be part of their exhibit there. So uh, one of those will stay uh, right along Key Highway there. So so yeah, cool story. And then yeah, um, right next to where Domino Sugar is a little bit farther east, you have the North Locust Point Marine Terminal. This is part of the Port of Baltimore. So this is a hundred acres of uh, property that sh- that's used as maritime industrial use. So the Port of Baltimore has has made this property available. They're trying to see who would want to come in and possibly take it over. Now it, it has to stay maritime industrial use, but they see a chance here for a private company to come in and add some some good infrastructure to this area that's needed, and then to really expand the scope of how much cargo they can handle there. So really, if you're moving past Silo Point, Logos Point, you go on that bridge over the train tracks to get Fort McHenry, you can really see a good view of the lands that's down there. I know there's like piles of salt down there and there's some, there's, there's certain tenants in place that need to stay, but uh, certainly the, the Port of Baltimore sees the ability for somebody to take the land that's there and get a lot more use out of it. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to watch. The Port of Baltimore has done very well over recent years. I think things were a little bit slower at times in the past 12 months, but a, a booming port, one of the top car ports in the country. And uh, we'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know, typically we're seeing mostly recreational boats coming into the inner harbor outside of Domino Sugar. So this could be a chance to see more more cargo ships coming into the harbor. So we will see. I talked to Jim Chivers at Golden Company. He thought this, um, you know, we're seeing a huge expansion of all these companies that deal with cars coming in and leaving the port. So it could be could be another uh, car company that that could get involved here. So we will see. But uh, that's a, a lot of land right next to uh, you know a popular South Baltimore neighborhood. And then moving on to Westport, 
this this new development, which is being called One West Port. This is the 43 acre parcel right along the waterfront there on the middle branch. So this, this project's gonna have market rate apartments, affordable apartments, retail, lots of green space. So um, Stonewall Capital, which is the company leading this project, uh, Ray Jackson, who leads that company, let me know that Ryan Holmes has been signed on as the townhome developer of this project. It's gonna be 275 townhomes. These are gonna be 16 foot and 20 foot wide garage townhomes. So that'll be a big aspect of this one Westport project. And if, um, you know, townhomes, uh, they're not always the way to get the most people into a small amount of space. But if anyone's ever spent time hanging out in some of the townhome developments or clusters in places like Locust Point or, or Riverside or even, you know, over in Greektown and places like that, it's really kind of a community within a community. And it typically attracts a lot of families, a lot of homeowners. So it could be a really good anchor for that one Westport development where you could bring a lot of people there that want to get involved in the neighborhood association that, that want to raise their families there that want to say hey pick up that trash around there so um so yeah definitely a, a good start there they're looking to start on that project probably about 12 months from now and then uh, jackson was telling me he also has a partner lined up for the um 300 units of affordable housing they're going to do which in which is also going to include senior housing and then he also has a partner for a 350-unit apartment building that's going to have 40,000 square feet of commercial and retail space. The townhomes and that market-rate apartment building will both face this new green space that leads out the waterfront. So a cool development there uh, on an opposite side of the middle branch from Port Covington that's uh, moving forward. This was uh, owned by Kevin Plank's company, Sagamore Ventures. They're in the process of selling it to Ray Jackson and Stonewall Capitals. So uh, a development there that's moving forward and uh, continues to reshape that middle branch. Next two topics really uh, perked my interest here. So here's an interesting story. Uh, there's an 120,000 square foot building at 901 West Austin Street. This is on the line of the Carroll Camden Industrial Area in Pigtown. And this building was purchased, will get renovated, and will be the new home of Myorga Organics. This is a coffee company that also has quinoa and cacao and black bean type products. They are based currently in Montgomery County, but they're making the move to Baltimore. They've, they've bought this building and uh, they're going to do a $10 million project here between renovations and equipment and the purchase. So they're really making a big investment in Baltimore. The founder of that company, Martin Mayorga, uh, he's a guy that grew up in Maryland, but he was, uh, he was born in Guatemala, spent some time in Costa Rica. Certainly from having that experience in Central America, he saw that a lot of Central American farmers had great products, but weren't making a lot of money in trade and selling these. So he wanted to change that. He started his company, he's been in business for for many years, started in kind of in the coffee shop business and it moved on to now he's really a wholesaler where he's selling a lot of beans to companies like Costco and, and Whole Foods and, and selling things online, selling things through Amazon. So his company's gotten very big and uh, they're making the move to Baltimore. It's kind of a mission-driven move for My Organ Organics. You know, he was telling me it certainly would have been less expensive for them to find some warehouse out in the suburbs. But he thought he could make an impact in Baltimore. He thought if he just had some random warehouse in Frederick County or Montgomery County or, or Howard County, it's not really having a huge impact on a neighborhood, on a town. But he was really excited about the thought of bringing some investment to Baltimore. He could get in this building in Pigtown, help out the Baltimore economy, help out Pigtown and surrounding neighborhoods and really kind of contribute to a neighborhood, be a part of the community. He's looking forward to 
possibly buying some homes around Pigtown, renovating them and selling them back to his employees at cost. And he just sees Baltimore as a city that's been neglected by a lot of investors, a lot of people in the business community because of uh, the demographics here and just some challenges this city has. And he's got a, a strong company and he thought, I want to be in a position to do my part to to change some of what's going on in Baltimore. So really cool story. The building's going to look good. It's going to be a, a cool facility. There's going to be jobs coming to the area. Obviously, a nice real estate transaction coming forward. But somebody who's coming in who really believes in Baltimore, uh, Martin was talking about how his dad was a huge baseball fan. So they grew up going to Orioles games, even though they lived in Montgomery County. So he, he's always loved Baltimore, loved crabs. And now his business will be a big part of the community here. And uh, once that gets open, it's going to take a couple of years to get that facility fully up and running. But they're going to have a retail aspect to it, not so much a coffee shop, but a place where you can come in and, and get a tour of the operations, uh, get some education classes about coffee and uh, pick up some some beans and different products. So a uh, really cool story there for Pigtown. That Austin Street corridor there is interesting. It's kind of uh, the line between residential and industrial. So yeah, a lot of energy come to that Austin Street corridor. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops in the future because just two or three blocks east of there is where this you know, casino entertainment district is going in. And obviously you have MT Bank Stadium there. So certainly a, a big investment there, a company that's really happy to be in Baltimore and uh, adjacent to their building. Really, they have a, a shared wall is where Sandtown Furniture Company is going. And uh, they're currently based in Riverside, but they make really cool tables out of reclaimed wood and old trees. So there's two manufacturing companies, but sort of like artisan manufacturing companies that are really passionate about Baltimore. Going right to that Carroll Camden industrial area, can Carroll Camden eventually maybe lure some, some distilleries and breweries, make it a fun neighborhood where it's industrial, but also has some fun aspects that people want to visit. So certainly some nice momentum going there. And uh, Mayorga's uh, certainly a, a great addition and people in Pigtown are very excited about it. Honestly, I didn't even know Myogre until I read it on SouthBmore.com a few weeks ago, I think it was. I didn't even know Myogre was a Maryland-based company. We've been buying their coffee at Costco for years, and I think that's really cool. And then to find out they're moving here, I was like, that's awesome. And uh, I know one thing, back when we used to travel and used to fly all the time, you know, one, th one of the things I always looked forward to was their stand at the uh, BWI terminal, what, uh, the Southwest terminal there. I always look forward to grabbing a coffee there before getting on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. Yeah. He was telling me that's the one coffee shop they still have is their coffee shop at, at BWI. But yeah, it's, um, that's really the, the, the cool thing about coming into a city is it seems like, you know, when Baltimore has companies they're ours and we really celebrate them. If you look at kind of our affinity towards Domino and Under Armour and, uh, you know, Black & Decker, when Baltimore loves its own. And and if you're kind of in the city or at least close to the city or, or really making your, your name known, you really have a lot of support behind you. And, and it's really good. Whereas opposed to you might be a business kind of out in some warehouse that a lot of people don't realize is there. So really cool move by them. And I, I think the next time somebody gets a Myorga Organics coffee, as this story starts to get out there, more people will know that, hey, that's going to be a Baltimore company. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, something we all need here is uh, we definitely love seeing the trash wheels out there in the harbor. And we got another one coming? We sure do. Yeah. Gwinda, the good wheel of the West, will be joining <laughs> the fleet of trash wheels around the Baltimore Harbor. And this is a really important one. This is going on the Gwins Falls. And that pours out, um, you know, right around where that casino entertainment districts going in. You have a falls that comes in, it's picking up, you know, sewer water and unfortunately trash from everywhere from West Baltimore County through West Baltimore down into the middle branch. And, uh, you know, if you ever look around the, the shoreline at, at West Covington Park or down at Swan Park, unfortunately, there's a lot of, 
you know, styrofoam and plastic and different trash that has come and collected up against their shorelines. And uh, I was actually involved in a, uh, a cleanup at, at Swan Park in the water along the shoreline there before. So this is really, really cool where this is going to stop. Um, they're saying 300 tons of trash and debris a year from the Gwyns Falls from ending up in the middle branch. So, you know, there's been a lot of developments going on that are doing a good job keeping the middle branch looking clean. But if there's a constant flow of trash shooting into the middle branch, then it, it's tough to keep it as clean as possible. So this will stop a lot of that trash. And this is very exciting. Uh, there was a lot of partnerships there between companies like Weller Development and uh, and different technologies down there. So this is a cool collaboration. Certainly the South Baltimore Gateway Partnership played a part in this. Uh, Willibrator Technologies, they have the trash burning facility down there. So the trash that comes out of the middle branch, will go into a dumpster and immediately uh, burn to that facility there. So we're talking a lot about the middle branch and everything we do now. And this is another another great addition. Cleaner waterways will get us closer to a swimmable middle branch. And uh, yeah, another positive story for the area. And uh, this will get installed uh, sometime here in the coming weeks. I'm sure it'll end up in a lot of Instagram posts like the other ones. <laughs> Very cool. Indeed. All right, Kev, so that concludes our real estate news. My goodness, we have a lot going on out there in the community. This is awesome to hear. And this is just, uh, you know, one portion of what we see going on out there from the, the cranes at Port Covington to all the development in between. But uh, I'm starting to get a little hungry here. So let's talk about some dining. What do we got going on with our dining and restaurants and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. We have a ton of restaurant spaces in South Baltimore and there continues to be a lot of activity. A building that people have certainly talked about a lot over the years is 554 East Ford Avenue. Uh, there, kind of between Federal Hill and Riverside. It's in the Riverside neighborhood. It's a 3,792 square foot building. Well, this was purchased by the duo of uh, Todd and Nikki Marks uh, back at the end of 2019. Uh, Todd Marks is the founder and CEO of MindGrub, which is a, a tech company and an app company that, that has its hands in a lot of cool other things. They're based in Locust Point. They actually just bought a, a Pigtown building where they're going to do some different things. Nikki Marks, uh, she's had the Mind Grub Cafe food truck. She also is a one of the co-owners of Share Kitchen, which is a business we'll talk about again in this podcast. But Share Kitchen is a uh, commercial kitchen that different small businesses and food trucks can can go in and, and cook goods and and do their prep. So they bought this building thinking it would be kind of a private club slash co-working space slash co-working for food businesses too, because there's a huge commercial kitchen at this building. This building was previously the restaurant Rachel. Uh, I'm not going to run down every restaurant it's been since I've lived here, but it's been quite a few. But certainly the Marks family's in there now. And unfortunately, with, with COVID-19 going on, a lot of people aren't working in the office right now. The co-working spaces, which I think will probably be very, very strong six months from now or 12 months from now, as there's all these new virtual workers who are tired of working from home. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a strong demand for really any type of co-working or, or office type environment right now. So, so Nikki Marks has decided she's going to open a, a first floor cafe in this space instead of uh, making it part of a, a co-working space. So Mindgrub Cafe will be opening. That's a brand she's had for several years now. And, uh, you know, they're going to be offering different items like bagel sandwiches and quiches and acai bowls. I hope I said that word right. Uh, in the morning, uh, coffee is from Pfeffercorn, which is uh, roasted right here in Locust Point on Ford Avenue. Then they're going to have a lot of different salads and sandwiches for lunch. And then at nighttime, she's going to look into partnerships she can possibly do with 
who maybe wants to run dinner in there or maybe run dinner on different nights, you know, maybe some of her partners at Share Kitchen. So yeah, so that'll get activated at, as a restaurant once again. But uh, certainly that that second floor where the commercial kitchen is, and let me say this facility is called Mind Pub. So the building's called Mind Pub. The first floor cafe is called Mind Grub. So so Mind Pub has some different businesses in there like Codetta Bake Shop, Lilihana Catering Company that's in there. So there'll, there'll be more type food businesses that are they're using that space. And uh, hopefully she can get somebody in there to partner on running dinner in there some nights or different nights. But yeah, so another good place to eat on Ford Avenue, which is already a rich and good options for, for food and drink. So it'll be exciting to watch that. And, you know, they, they hope to get a liquor license for the building once again. And, uh, you know, it's going to start out as a, uh, a carryout window, but once more people get vaccinated, once uh, once things get a little bit more back to normal, you'll be able to go in there. They've kind of renovated it to like a lounge type feel. It's got a bar in there, which she hopes it'll feel like kind of like a high-end diner. So yeah, another new place to eat that you'll uh, have to keep an eye out for. That'll open probably about mid-May. I got to say the next story, a little sad to see this, both these next stories, Kev, because uh, two of my favorite things are great cocktails and fried chicken. It's a little disappointing to, to hear about our next stories here. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's start with the fried chicken part as Royal Farms announced they are closing their their stall at the Cross Street Market. But good news for Nate Carper and any other fried chicken fans out there is there still is a Royal Farms in Locust Point right on Key Highway. So uh, you won't be able to get Royal Farms chicken while you're having a, a nice cocktail or drink at Cross Street Market. They still do exist in Locust Point. So yeah, this was cool. This was kind of a uh, one of its kind business for Royal Farms where you know they're in the business of gas stations and convenience stores. The team at Cross Street Market, Cave Valley Partners, and Cana Dev. Uh, they, they love the idea of getting Royal Farms in there as their fried chicken vendor and kind of make it look like Royal Farms might have been a business that started in an old market and became what it is now. But unfortunately, uh, it's been a tough 12 months for the Cross Street Market as it's you know, essentially like a mini mall in there with the different restrictions as well as, uh, you know, people wanting to do more things outdoors. So Royal Farms uh, did decide to permanently close that location at this time, puts an end to their concept of doing a smaller fried chicken concept. So so that is closed. But uh, the good news is, is um, that's the only business so far to permanently close a Cross Street Market. Uh, you know, all those vendors have certainly had a tough 12 months. Cross Street Market and their team, uh, Arsh Merriman of Case Valley Partners told them they're, they're looking forward to the spring more people get vaccinated. Not the first time we're saying that today and probably not the last, but they're looking forward to, to the comeback. And, and then you have um, Watershed, which is the Atlas Restaurant Group's restaurant, which is going to be big with a huge rooftop deck, multi-million dollar investment going in there. That'll open soon in Cross Street Market. So hopefully between things returning to normal and the boost from the Atlas Group, hopefully that'll get Cross Street Market back on track. It won't be with Royal Farms. And then moving on to your cocktails, unfortunately, Bookmakers has closed and has hit the market. This is a 3,968 square foot building. They've put it on the market for 1.5 million. Bookmakers took over for the legendary Nevins Club. Uh, Trying to remember the exact name to it, but Nevins was a popular karaoke bar. And then uh, the team from Bookmakers came in and bought it and did a really extensive, really nice renovation to it. When we were doing our South Beemore's Best competition, Bookmakers won best drinks, best cocktails. Every year we had that competition. So they, you know, Bookmakers, initially had a connection to the bar rye, which is in Fells Point, which was really early on the the craft cocktail boom, which came to Baltimore. So bookmakers took a lot of pride in making craft cocktails and mixology and having an extensive selection of whiskeys and gins, those types of things. So the bad news is bookmakers closed, but hopefully the good news is you you have this really classy, nice setup for somebody that might want to do a a high-end bar bar slash restaurant with a big focus on cocktails. So hopefully somebody will get in there sooner rather than later, but certainly 
places like bookmakers have certainly started that trend of a higher quality of cocktail than you can get around town. And uh, luckily, there's people have continued that trend in South Baltimore. There's other places to get a good drink around town. All right. So scooting over to Pigtown, here's an exciting project for the community, a community and Main Street organization that's always really wanted more food options, larger spaces to go out and eat, hopefully places you can have a cocktail and have have beer and wine. So developer Mike Azimi, who's based in Washington, D.C., but he's taken a real large interest in Pigtown. He's got quite a few row homes he owns in the neighborhood that he uses as rentals. He bought the former St. Paul Church Complex, which has Mobtown Ballroom. He's taken the former school there. He's going to convert that into apartments. So this is his latest project. He bought two buildings, which were formerly part of an AV company. They're on Berry Street, right behind Pigtown Main Street. This is going to be a total of 6,751 square feet. It's going to be a retail collective. One of the big businesses there is Little Miner Taco. This is a business with two locations in the DC area. They also have a food truck. They've developed a real viral following on Instagram. They've been on Good Morning America. This is a business by Mackenzie Kitbury and Kathy Voss. And what they're doing here is birria tacos. These are tacos that come with a uh, broth type dipping sauce. And so they've gained a lot of popularity. They've been bringing their food truck down to Pigtown every Wednesday. Well, they're going to be, become a permanent member of Pigtown as they're opening a restaurant in that space. And then Kitbury and Voss, they're also going to run another cafe in this collective building known as Feel Good. This is going to be a place to get coffee, sandwiches, salads, juices, those types of things. So it's going to be two new restaurants coming to this building. And then Azimi has also partnered with Currency Studio. This is going to be a gallery and boutique. Uh, it's a Baltimore-based company. And they're going to have uh, men's and women's apparel. They're going to have you know home decor type items. There's going to be art gallery space. There's also going to be you know space where people can do an event. Hopefully, there's going to be some outdoor dining. That's part of the goal of this project. So really a, a project that's bringing two new restaurants and uh, an event space and some some retail to Big Town. So uh, this project is moving forward. He still hopes to work on this over the next 12 months and, and get it open and uh, add some amenities. As uh, Mike Azimi said, uh, he's in Big Town a lot and he, he wishes there was a better place to grab lunch while he's there. So he's looking forward to his buddies at Little Minor Taco. Uh, he can go there and have a great lunch while he's in town. So yeah, we said we'd talk about Share Kitchen again, and here we are. That's the uh, commercial kitchen. It's located at McHenry Row right next to Diamondback Brewing Company. So a new business in there is called Mez. Mez is a vegan taco business. So with Mez, they're open on Friday and Saturday nights, and you can put in your order and either walk to Share Kitchen and pick it up, or they partner with DoorDash that'll that'll bring the food to you. And uh, I'm, I'm not a vegan by any means, but I've certainly had, I, I ordered there the other day and it was really good. I had these really good tofu tacos that had this awesome rub on it. Um, then I got the uh, sweet potato and refried black bean tacos. Those are really good. He, he, uh, the owner, Elias Meyer Grimberg, he makes these tortillas, which are made out of this corn flour he gets that are really good. Some of the best tortillas I had. So uh, a cool option. Obviously, there's a growing number of vegans, but also certainly people. This is also a gluten-free restaurant. So a way to get gluten-free items, a way to avoid dairy products, a way to eat vegan. So certainly a cool option here. And, uh, you know, Elias is hoping this business grows and maybe it's a model where he can move to some other type of these shared commercial kitchens around town. That's awesome. And and being somebody who's married to a vegan, I can tell you that's that's something that's needed here in the neighborhood. And I think it'll be very successful. So glad we could get the word out there. Yeah. And they were they're part of Vegan Restaurant Week and uh, their shredded mushroom tacos they had one best dish. So Clearly, um, they've stepped into the world of vegan and, and gotten some good praise right away. So congrats to Elias and his team at Mez. Pick up some Mez tacos, pick up a, a four pack of beers at Diamondback while you're there and uh, have a nice night.
Who needs chicken and cocktails when you got that, right? <laughs> that's right. There's a lot of things you can combo in South Baltimore to have a good, uh, good night, that's for sure. And speaking of a good night, now this sounds like a really good night. So there's a business called Sipahoy Cycle Boats. Now, if you've been to Fells Point or different cities, you've seen these kind of cycle bars, I guess they call them. They're these bikes where they have a bunch of different pedals and they have a big table where people can put their drinks and they kind of just cruise around the streets of Fells Point in different cities. So Dylan Wayne, who's uh, starting this business with uh, some investors and some friends, thought, hey, that'd be cool to do that on the water. Put a pontoon boat on the water, have everybody cycling around. It's almost like a giant paddle boat. So they looked into this. They found there's a company in Oregon that makes these type of boats, and they decided to launch this business right out of Federal Hill at Harborview Marina. So you and your friends will be able to charter a Sipahoy boat and uh, get on there. They have 10 pedal stations. You can put up to 20 people on the boat. You know, we'll have to see about COVID, uh, what, what type of regulations are in place by the time they launch. But a fun night out with your friends where, you know, it's got Bluetooth speakers. There's a bathroom on the boat. You can bring your own beer, wine, food. So uh, it's going to run all day. So it might be more family oriented during the day. You can do certainly bonding events with uh, people from work. And then and then obviously uh, get, get your friends together at night for a, a fun happy hour or a post-dinner cruise on the water. I'm sure a lot of you have been out on the boat on the harbor. It's certainly gorgeous. So certainly a great way to to enjoy the inner harbor we have with, with some friends, with some coworkers, or really they'll have an option to do this with some random people. So really cool business launching out of there, launching right out of Federal Hill. So um, look forward to how you can uh, buy some tickets to that. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what happens between uh, the cycle boats and how they face off against the pirate ship when it goes around the harbor, <laughs> when that starts coming back again. That's going to make for some fun afternoons and evenings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A couple changes here on the 1,000 block of Light Street where there's two restaurants that are right next to each other at 1002 Light Street and 1006 Light Street. So Boaz Bistro recently opened at the space that was formerly Reggie's, but now Rosa's has taken over Boaz Bistro at 1002 Light Street. This is a business owned by Markel Everett, and he's working with chef Davon McCoy, who leads the kitchen. He's been a chef at Reggie's. He was also a chef at Boaz Bistro. And uh, he's excited about uh, Markel taking over the ownership group. He's, he thinks it's a, a strong direction for the business. And uh, Davon McCoy is actually a, a graduate of Federal Hill Prep. So he certainly spent a lot of time in this area, right in that area between Federal Hill Prep and the different restaurants he worked at. And uh, Rosa serves a menu, which is a combination of Caribbean and Southern flavors. So they've come in, they're doing a lot of food, and uh, they're excited about the new direction for that. Right next door at 1006 Light Street, you have Be More Thai. This opened in recent weeks. This is a business from Chon LeWitt Boontawi, you can call him Sean, or Porn Sagma. They're both from the DC area, but they're also both from Thailand. So they've opened this business. It was formerly Thai Yum, but it's been... Uh, it's been empty for a couple of years as they came in and renovated the building and they're they're doing a traditional Thai menu in here. And uh, Sean is a real big fan of art and uh, they've just done a really impressive renovation of this space. There's all kinds of new artwork. They did the first floor to make it feel like through artwork, this kind of has the feeling of being underwater. Then the second floor, which they did an extensive re renovation on that, gives the feeling of you're up in the trees where it has a lot of artwork of birds and different plants. They also put a new bar up there. So really, they did a really nice renovation to this building. They have real good Thai food, a lot of the traditional dishes you're familiar with, different fried rices and drunken noodles and pad Thai and, and different different dishes. And uh, they're going to have different different teas, Thai iced tea, Thai coffee, things like that. So, so yeah, definitely a, another option. Uh, definitely, they're going to be adding a liquor license. So you know, not necessarily higher end prices, but certainly a higher end dining experience coming to Federal here. Here, as you can sit in a dining room with really great artwork with, with good Thai food and uh, enjoy your night in Federal Hill. 
Moving back over to Pigtown at 925 Washington Boulevard, I got a tour of the new $6.1 million, 15,000 square foot culinary arts training center, restaurant and carryout shop known as Groundwork Kitchen coming to Pigtown. This is a project from the team at Paul's Place. They've been providing services to the homeless and addicted in Pigtown for many years. Now they're looking to take a place to, to do some workforce development where they're you know bringing in people who want training in the restaurant industry that they'll learn to do different things behind the behind the kitchen and in front of in the front of the house so really cool facility here and this takes over a space that was previously a parking lot but it was a bunch of abandoned buildings before before that so this uh, this is an impressive space it has a, uh, a dining room with these two and a half story ceilings that have rafters these big windows a really nicely designed place I think I think this is going to be one of those top five top ten dining rooms you're going to see around the city. One of those places where you sit down for a meal and you just kind of look up and around you the entire time just because it's such a pretty dining room. So this is going to open in phases. So their carryout shop will open in the spring. They're going to have uh, salads and wraps and coffee and juices, but they're also going to bring in some Royal Farm style fried chicken. How about that, Nate? Hopefully in the fall, they're going to open their, their big dining room for, for people that want to dine in and, and have a nice meal. That's going to have a service bar or it's not going to have bar seating, but it's certainly going to have a lot of dining room seating. It has a second level mezzanine where you can also sit. It also has a small rooftop deck for dining. So it's certainly the type of space where you could rent out the second floor for an event or you could uh, just come in and dine on the first or second floor. So really big new restaurant. Very cool. And then they're also going to have a big uh, catering aspect to their business. So they're hoping that's going to start up in the fall as well. They're looking to do different types of bag lunches and different things for businesses. So really cool project for Pigtown. Certainly the uh, the second different uh, restaurant project we're talking about for Pigtown in this podcast. So uh, very exciting stuff going on in that neighborhood. And then uh, one more business that opened recently, Morning Mugs Coffee. That's at 15 West Hugh Street. This is part of the Vision Complex, which is a, uh, a building there that kind of hugs the line of Otterbein and Federal Hill. Uh, it has co-working spaces in there. It has apartments in there. And then it has this kind of collective in the back where they have a, a salon, they have a barber shop. And it was previously a coffee shop that was run by Chasing Companies, which owns the building. But a local resident, Tyler Delarada, heard about the opportunity when he was getting a haircut in the building and uh, thought, hey, let's let's start a coffee shop. And it was kind of born out of at a job he used to have. He would kind of walk in and have his morning coffee and they had these black mugs. And at the bottom of the mug of coffee had a different color and they were, they were sitting upside down on the shelf. He kind of made it into a game he would do on his Instagram, on Snapchat. Can I guess the color of the bottom of this coffee mug when I flip it over? You know different colors, and he would do it each morning, and his his friends would follow it along. And he's a he's a real high energy, fun guy, so it's it's fun to watch. So so when this opportunity came to be, uh, he knew he had to bring in those same coffee mugs that were at his previous workplace and go to Instagram Live and different places and do that fun game. And and what he's doing too is is people that c come in, they can they can try to play the same game. If they're not using a coffee mug, if they're using a to go cup, then he kind of put some stickers on the backside of the cup they can guess. And uh, he's certainly working out some, some different prizes and discounts that people can get if they pick the right colors. You know, he wants to be a neighborhood coffee shop. He wants to be a place where, you know, he, he meets the the residents of Otterbein and uh, gets to know people and can be a, a big part of the Otterbein community. Where Otterbein, obviously right next to Federal Hill, we have a ton of restaurants, ton of businesses. Otterbein is definitely more of a residential community. So he's hoping he can be a big part of that community and, uh, you know, add a good place to get a coffee. They're going to sell hot chocolate. Uh, he's excited about something 
something they're doing, which is half nitro coffee, half lemonade. So it sounds like an interesting combination there. His shandy, they're, they're going to have uh, pastries and desserts from New York. So a new business there for Otterbein that's, that's up and running. Definitely go check them out. And then finally, uh, the Hammerjacks project, which we've been talking about for quite a while. They're on the 1300 block of Russell Street down by M&T Bank Stadium uh, near those different projects we were talking about on Austin Street and near the entertainment district of the casino. Well, that, that was initially supposed to be a, a large music venue that would have over 3,000 people that could watch a concert. And that still could happen. But they're moving forward on a first phase where they demolished the former Paradox Club, which was part of their property. They've taken that down. There's a large concrete pad down there now. And they're going to create kind of this outdoor beer garden slash outdoor tailgating experience where you can play some concerts there. You can have a real fun environment before a Ravens game, before an Orioles game. And certainly with COVID going on, Everybody's looking for different places. They can have a beer outside, can hang out outside. Obviously, you know, outdoor places are really good for people with young families. So yeah, they're going to move on to a first phase of the Hammerjacks project, which will be an outdoor entertainment area. And they're looking how they can incorporate the existing warehouse building that's still at the front of the property along Austin Street into this. But yeah, it'll be a, a new option. They're, they're finally moving forward with the first step beyond tailgating there at, at Hammerjacks. And uh, that's going to be part of that booming area. Right next door will be the, the Paramount Baltimore. That's a, another concert venue. Top Golf is uh, starting to get going couple blocks from there. So really, uh, Cameron Jacks is uh, happy to get going. Right on, Kevin. Well, there is no shortage of anything going on anywhere around this neighborhood and just so much development happening. And it's awesome. I mean, as you mentioned before, when we talk about Port Covington and other projects that are going on, I mean, this is one of the most happening spots in America right now in terms of development, places to live, in terms of affordability. I mean, you look at the housing market, everything, places to eat, places to dine, things to do with families. It's just a great place to be. Kev, you said a lot there. So um, certainly appreciate all the uh, time and effort you put into SouthBmore.com to keep everybody informed around the neighborhood. And you want to remind everybody what they need to do to, to, to find you and find SouthBmore.com? Yeah, absolutely. Come to our site, SouthBmore.com. Go there make sure to subscribe to our email newsletter, which comes out every day at five o'clock, the daily headlines. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. But yeah, certainly go ahead and follow us. And, and certainly I want to say too, is if you know of any businesses or any events or, or any restaurants or anything that they would look, they're looking to advertise, uh, Definitely let them know about SouthBeamer.com. That's that's how we can keep this running. That's how we can have a podcast and a website and an email newsletter and, and give you all the latest and greatest in South Baltimore. We're hanging in there with everything going on with COVID, but we certainly appreciate the extra support so we can take things to another level. So please make sure to uh, reach out to us about advertising. We have an awesome following of South Baltimoreans and, and people beyond South Baltimore that follow us. And we can really help boost an event or a business or, or a company or an institution in the area. So let us know. And uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we look forward to joining you again soon. This, this week, week in South Baltimore, Baltimore brought to you by SouthBmore.com. South